like yourself, I'm very passionate about what I do. Um, and I think for anyone, if you pick your lane early enough in your career, if you find out what your real purpose is, not only will you be good at it, you'll want to do it a very long time. And you and I are both, you know, testaments to that, to that platform that we're still loving what we do and still making a difference. And uh, that's what fuels me at being able to, you know, to help a company and people in the company take their game to another level. Welcome to your next big project is you, a podcast based around the theme of time, time to be able to press pause on life, time to reevaluate what's important, time to reminisce about where you've come from, what you've learned and what you've accomplished, time to revisit your goals, dreams and vision, and time to remember the people in your life. That's it, my friends. If you've got time, fasten your seatbelt and listen in as we discuss opportunities for the next five to 25 years of your life. And remember, your next big project is you. Welcome to our podcast. Your next big project is you. I've got a very special guest today. His name is Ian Selby, a great Canadian from the province of uh, British Columbia. Is that correct, Ian? That, that's right, Leo, out in Vancouver, yeah. Yeah, we've got so much in common. My gosh, I'm so looking forward to talking to you. Speaker, trainer, author, coach, mentor, the things that you've done in your career. I love talking to people who are as passionate as I am around world-class behaviors of the best of the best in this profession of sales that we both love. So, so welcome. I'm really looking forward to picking your brain and bantering here with you for a few minutes. Thanks. Thank you so much, Ian. Thank you, Leo. Pleasure being on your show. And uh, I'm very thankful for, for the opportunity and great to, to talk to you again, as always. What an interesting journey for you, my friend. And I, and I know it's been highlighted by a number of achievements. The one that stood out to me is that when you're number one in the world with Apple and uh, seeing your picture with Steve Jobs many years ago and being recognized for the great work that you were doing, not only in Western Canada, but how those numbers reflected even global metrics and the work that you did, that recognition, that's, that's pretty big. So congratulations for having that as a little clip on your belt there. Uh, that, that's pretty big by my standards in terms of that type of uh, global notoriety. So much congrats being sent your way. Thank you, Leo. It's certainly yeah. any award like that, it's a team effort. There's no one person that, that gets the job done. As you know, selling is a team sport. It's not really golf. It's more like football. Yeah. And so I had, uh, I had some great running backs, wide receivers, and a great coach. Uh, yeah. who would call time out from time to time and say, Ian, you thought about calling higher on that account. Okay, thanks, coach. There you go. There you go. It, it was an a, honor. It was a honor. big part of strategic uh, thinking that comes into really elevating your game, and I know you're all over that. Tell us a little bit more about the journey. Uh, you know, what led into uh, the work there and now that you've uh, formed your coaching capabilities into sales mentor you. Uh, tell us about that journey, please. Sure, surely I'll be happy to. Again, uh, it, it started for me uh, with, with Apple. I, I had a few different roles. I was looking after the channel for the first four years. Then I got into corporate sales for the next four years. And that's when I was uh, 
blessed and fortunate enough to win that that, that honors uh, award that uh, put me on stage. My only my only uh, hardship on that was by then Steve Jobs had left. I'd met him before, so it was John Scully's hand I had to shake, and not Steve. And <laughs> anyway, I'll I'll take it. It's still a, it's still a great award. Then I sure. got promoted to brand manager, and by then. Microsoft and Apple were in court over look and feel Windows and, and the Mac OS. And we, I'll say we still, when I refer to Apple, uh, we lost the court case, had to drop our prices. And when you drop your prices on a global scale, it means probably getting rid of uh, some people. So I had the terrible honor of having to help Apple downsize in Western Canada. And I would, I just didn't want to do that anymore. So it was funny. I, I got, I got inspired. I went to a seminar. Uh, called Success 95. How to get ready for your next year and take it to another level. Lots of keynote speakers, eight of them. And the guy that really did it for me was a a preacher called, uh, not Zeke Ziegler, Zeke was there, but uh, uh, Dr. Schuler, uh, who had a, a TV show. And sure. he said four things, uh, and they, they were game changers for me. It was like, start to play, uh, uh, stop and pray, prepare to pay and plan to stay. And I was like, wow, he almost he dared me to be in my own business. That's how I internalized it. So I resigned the next day and started a business. Instead of renting my resume to the highest bidder, I wanted to get out there and make a difference and make a difference with what I'd learned in, in, in my journey so far. I wanted to give it back. And so I wrote a training program. And then I, I wrote, followed up with a coaching program. And then you know, wrote a few books and then I got into speaking. And uh, so, so the journey took off from there. And, you know, I, I, I like yourself, I'm very passionate about what I do. Um, and I think for anyone, if you pick your lane early enough in your career, if you find out what your real purpose is, not only will you be good at it, you'll want to do it a very long time. And you and I are both, you know, testaments to that, to that platform that we're still loving what we do and still making a difference. And, uh, that's what fuels me is being able to, you know, to help a company and people in the company take their game to another level. Right. So yeah. that's, that's, that's kind of a little bit on my back. I can, I can appreciate the journey so much. It, it mirrors much of my own uh, similar path that's happened to me in the last three decades. Plus, you know, being inspired, listening, something just sort of clicks and said, there's a tipping point. I got to do something. I love what you said there about picking your lane. That's really, really important because I believe the more you pick that lane, if it defines your core competencies. And when you know you excel in a lane in terms of your capabilities, correct me if I'm wrong. Here's the way I look at it. So I believe your value proposition, you compete knowing that you're a tough out. Once you're in the lane, you're supposed to be in. And if you're delivering the skills that you're capable of delivering to the audience, that you know you can serve well, you're formidable. And it becomes really a challenge for someone to compete against you or displace you if you're in the right lane. Absolutely. And, and it goes beyond money. It's like the, yeah. the question, one of the questions that Schuler asked the audience in that seminar many, many years ago, I actually got to meet him much later and thank him, which was, you know, 360. I got back to why I started my business was his inspiration. Uh, but it's the kind of thing where if you're doing your passion, if it's something, getting paid is a bonus. Like I'll say if life already paid for, if all the degrees and the marriages and the grandchildren, if everything was already paid for, what would you just love to do? Because you'll love doing it. 
And that's my lane still. I, I'm still loving what I, I don't, I don't kill myself like I used to, like road trips around the world and training and all that stuff. I'm a little more selective who I work with. Uh, and so I, I'm keeping it in balance. I like to spend time with my grandchildren and, and my kids and so on. But uh, certainly I still love with a passion what I get to do. It's, it's an honor. I, I believe, Ian, one of the operative questions for all of us, anybody listening in, if somehow under your pillow tonight, and you woke up tomorrow morning and there was a million dollars or 10 million or 20 million or 100, whatever the number is, and hypothetically, you didn't need to work anymore. You could be a philanthropist. You can give your time, talent, treasure to others. What would you do? And in your case, and I believe in my case, say, I'm going to do the same thing I'm doing right now. I don't need the money. And you know what? It doesn't matter. So I can say, oh, now I can do what I really want to do. Yeah. I believe when you're doing what you really want to do, you do it even when you know, money's not an issue. That's exactly it. That is the point, Leo. Fabulous, uh, fabulous analogy. The, the under the pillow chat, what was waiting for you? It wouldn't change what I do. It wouldn't yeah. change what I do professionally at all. My wife would say, hey, so you don't need to work anymore. I said, well, this doesn't work. I get to help people to really think of it take their business or themselves to the next level. How blessed am I to be in this position to right. do this? You know, what else would I rather do? You know, our old football coach, uh, Marv Levy, for my beloved masochistic following of the Buffalo Bills, would say, where else would you, where else would you rather be? Right here, right now. Right. Said, well, I'd rather be doing what I'm doing right here, right now. I believe yes. you do as well. Exactly. See, you, you, amongst many of the things that you've authored, and you've provided, you know, audio versions of some of your intellectual property as well. One of the things that caught my attention was the title of, um, well, it's, it's part of your tagline or part of your website. We'll get into one of your books, but Confessions of a Sales Professional, Less Sins, More Wins. What, tell us more how that title came about, what you're trying to get across there. Well, that was the podcast. That's what the name of the podcast is. Oh, the podcast. Okay, And so... Like many of people like you and I, Leo, around the world, when COVID hit a couple of years ago, our pipelines evaporated. Like no one was traveling, no one was sitting in a conference room for a couple of days or even have conferences. Like it was just gone. So I needed a hobby. So I thought, why don't I do this podcasting thing? And so I came up with that. One of the white papers I've authored many, many years ago is The Seven Deadly Sins in Selling. So seven things to stop doing and you'll already be better. So I thought, I've already got that sort of semi-branded to me. Why don't I play with that with the podcast? So the first dozen episodes uh, were just me talking about various components or topics within my books. Sure. And then I thought, poor listeners must be getting very bored of my voice. Why don't I start having some guests on? And you, like yourself, Leo, you've been online before and would love to have you back as well. And that became... It became so much fun. It was downtown Passionville again. It was like talking to other like-minded people around the world. And, and it started off just sales and sales leadership. But the diversity of the guests started to draw the circle wider and wider. So, you know, counselors or mindset, people, mental toughness coaches, um, you know, marketing, branding. So, so it, it's become really interesting. And I guess this morning I, I launched episode 114. So I'm over two years into it. And I'm still having fun doing it. I haven't monetized it. I don't make a bean. It just takes up a bit of time, but it's it's still in my lane. And I really love what I'm doing with it. For sure. Yeah. The, 
ditto here. Same thing. I, I just love meeting interesting people. I love listening and learning from other people's journeys, their perceptions on life and success and how they relates to some of the work behaviors I'm, I'm doing my best to try to change and have others live a life of significance going forward or things like that. So it's, it's interesting. Uh, getting back to your the one book, uh, if you were arrested for selling, uh, would there be enough evidence to convict you? A catchy title. Tell us more about that one, Ian. Sure. I, I, again, earlier in the in the business, like back in 95 is when I got started. So I first I wrote you know anything I'd learned in my head about selling. I, I built a two-day training program. And it's been like software. It goes through iterations and upgrades and add this, change this, things are it, it so it's still it's still up and running and it added coaching. And then I thought, you know what? I should have a book. I should take everything that's in my hand and squeeze it onto paper so people can read it as a backup uh, tool and a marketing tool. And uh, it's never it was a bestseller in Canada because I sold 7,000 copies. Wow. <laughs> but it's not Stephen King. I'm not in that league at all, by no means. So I did that and I thought some of the things I teach is uh, something called killer questions. Questions to ask someone to make them feel the pain that they're in and how your solution could lead them out of it. And that we tailor it for every client differently. But one of my killer questions is kind of a play on the book. So when I come into a CEO or an owner of a business and I say, if your sales team were arrested for selling, would there be evidence to convict them? And then I'd be quiet. And the answer I typically always get, Leo, they, they typically say a couple of them would be doing life for sales because they're rock stars. I wish I could clone them. The rest, I like to fire them and start over. And then I put my hand up. Would you like some help with that? Right. So that it leads me right to their pain. And I and then, you know, that's how we, we get started typically. So that's why I named the book that it is very cheeky. Um, and, and it gets uh, it, it creates a bit of conversation every time. Well, you'll never be Stephen King and you'll never sell as many books as him. And he'll never be Ian Selby. You know that, don't you? No, he'll never that's... have your passion for sales excellence to do that. Let, let's talk about um some of the behaviors that we that we've seen, you know, our, our how many years have you got under your belt again, Ian, in the sales profession? Well, as a sales person, I guess I started when I was like twenty. I'm sixty four now, so many years uh, selling. And when you start your own business, you got to add a zero to how how much you're selling, right? So, you know, I, I've been a salesperson, entrepreneur my my whole adult life, and I still love it. And, and has the rules of the game changed? To some degree, but the game is still the game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a first down might be 15 yards now, not 10 anymore. The end zone might be, you know, 20 yards deep instead of 10. There's still such a thing as out of bounds. There's still goalposts to get to get the extra point. I mean, the game is still the game, and it's all about people. It's about relationships. It's about value. Um, I've got a model called the model of sales effectiveness, and it starts with the customer. At the heart of the customer is their business pain, not what they buy, why they buy it. Yeah. What are their real needs and why are those needs there? What, what makes that so important to them? So, you know, fight, call high, find the pain, bring the gain. And sometimes the gain is the value that you sell or offer. Other times the gain is introduction or referral to someone else that could help them with the pain. So it doesn't always mean scoring a goal to use a hockey analogy. 
Sometimes you get an assist and the customer definitely gives you a loyalty point for, for playing that role and putting their interests ahead of your own. So yeah. It, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's still, I mean, four things call high, find the pain, bring the gain, do it again and again, be disciplined. Uh, that's the four things. That's the what. I need two days to explain to people how you do those things. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Good for you. This, there's so much meat in that. There's so much uh, just good content. Um, you know, I grew up um, in the sales productivity business a number of years ago. And one of the programs that we represented back then uh, was built around an adage that the best way to learn how to sell was to first understand what it's like to buy. Right. And that's exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's looking at the mindset of a customer and putting yourself in a customer's shoes to try to feel their pain, try to get a handle, open up this. I always use this, open up the zipper on their chest to reach into their heart and soul to what's truly bothering them in achieving the important metrics for their respective businesses. And it, it, you're just nailing that one, big guy. It's pushing a product then. You're yeah. pulling the solution home. And part totally. of the solution might be well beyond what you sell. So that gets you on the customer side of the desk. And now that's that's a shortcut. If you want to be a trusted advisor, do just that one thing and isn't, watch your watch your game change. Isn't it funny, Ian, how so many people are looking for that magical pill? So, you know, just 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 tell me this. And, and I say if you do what Ian's talking, if, if you really listen to your clients, customers, prospects whatever they might be, and if you, if you just trust this process, and if you do it correctly, right. as I always say, clients will close you. That's it. And you won't people say, hey, Leo. learn something that's good. Once yeah, you know it, you'll, you'll always do it. And that becomes your new norm. And watch your sales go up. The referrals are now executives calling other executives, getting you new appointments. Wow. Instead of yeah. cold calling forever, the, the life changes completely in the world of selling drives me crazy Ian. when people say uh you know, our people our organization needs a closing skills course we used to teach elements i said you tell me more you know i dig it in why do you feel like that all the questions you and i would ask <laughs> you don't need a closing skills course no you're just selling skills course absolutely you're not asking yeah. the right questions you're not going through the process correctly right. you're not building trust respect rapport you know, putting your hands around someone's heart with their issues. People don't get it. No, no, no. no. What, what What should I say to ask for the order? Hell, they'll ask you. They'll ask they'll you. Ask you when should I get it? I need it now. When can I have it? Yeah, exactly. It reminds me of the, the movie, Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Many, yeah. many of our listeners must remember that show. Sales show with these real estate sales guys. And Alec Baldwin plays the sales trainer. He comes in with a New York accent and says, ABC, ABC, always be closing. And it's like, no, don't always be, ABQ, always be qualifying. Yes, but that's not closing. The smartest salespeople on the planet figure out if they can help that customer or not. They qualify so efficiently in just a dialogue. It's not like I've got nine questions. The first question, it's not like that at all. It's just, it's in their mind where they're just, that's how they ebb and flow in a discussion. And they yeah. decide very quickly, yes or no. And let's go to the next one. That, and it's, it's about qualifying. It's not about closing. No, I'm, I'm with you totally. As, as entertaining as that movie it was, is, with the star-studded cast with Pacino yes. and, and Bull and Wangle on and on with the rest of the folks who are in that, uh, the, the cast there. 
it really gave the bad side of what exactly. hardcore selling is. Yeah. What's not what you're all about? It's not what yeah. I'm all about. But when, yeah. when the profession gets a bad, there's a connotation around pushiness and just just being overbearing. You know, some of the references that people make, uh, it's not professional. I don't feel like this. Where guys like you and I are just unbelievably proud of what yeah. we do and help people to be the consummate professionals as they should be. That movie yeah. didn't do us justice. You need no. to go to your course. You need to no. go to your course and listen yeah. to some of our podcasts. Absolutely. That movie is what not to do, clearly. Exactly. You want to what not to do as well. That's a, that, there's lessons on both sides. The things you should stop doing and the things you should start doing. And that's an ongoing learning mindset. And, and we all, you and I have that in common as well. Leo. We're never done learning. Thirsty, no, that, always thirsty for something new. Never done learning, but the game is still the game. It is. It is. I love that, buddy. Set, set it perfect. Has it really changed in your 40 plus years or mine? I mean, there's like almost 90 years of collective That's combined. If anybody wants to, you know, to, to look at it from the core, we are speaking from our hearts. There's about, yeah. as I said, collectively about 90 years of, of two guys who are passionate about the business of professional selling, consulting, call it what you want these days, depending on what path or lane you are in, right, Ian? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can, you can be very proud. Be very, very proud of who you are and what you represent if you're doing it with the level of professionalism that you and I are espousing here. Absolutely. And, and what hasn't changed? Let's, let's look at that. And it's really basic. Uh, there is a customer that has needs. Okay. And there's a bunch of them, right? So pick, aiming at your right target. Those are important things to do as well. But there's a customer with needs. There's competitors with solutions that could solve some of those needs. And then there's us, our company. We've got some solutions that could also solve the needs. So our job is to, to win the customer's trust, solve their business pain, sell them something that will help them at, in a measurable way have an impact called a value proposition better than our competitors are, are able to. So that game is still the game. That game has always been the game and still is the game. Is there social media? Is there podcasting now? Is there all kinds of other things? Yeah, there are. And we have to equip ourselves with those and adapt to some of these new platforms, but it still forms a communication. It's still yeah. branding. It's still all the things that always went on. And so the game hasn't really at its core changed. Maybe the uniforms and the spray paint have, but the game is the game. Absolutely. Yeah, no question. Hey, a couple of quick questions just to finish up here. I could talk to you all all day here. Would people pin you up against the wall in a nice way? It might be over a meal, uh, might be on a Zoom call these days, or when you have the opportunity to meet somebody in person. Would they say, Ian, you've got so much, um, so much in your uh, filing drawer cabinet from all the things that you've learned from your own skill sets over the years that rose you to the ranks to the highest level in the sales profession to helping people to achieve similar standards. What, what are the best behaviors, characteristics of the, of the elite, world-class Olympians in this profession of selling? What, what are a handful of things that you've seen and observed when people pick your brain around this? Absolutely. First and foremost, I, and I think it always comes down to the relationship. We could have the same product, similar pricing. It's hard to differentiate with products. 
even with service, because you could hire and train the same people. And what, what is hard to commoditize is the relationship. So the relationship is paramount and building manufacturing trust it is what, what connects you to that customer. And if you do it well and you never take your, 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 your hands off the wheel and you continue to nurture those trusted relationships, you could create customers for life. And, and what salesperson gets up in the morning and can't wait to make 100 cold calls? No hands ever go up on that question, Leo. What, what salesperson wouldn't mind going out for lunch with a dozen of their trusted uh, clients that, that, that see them in high regard? That's the easiest sales call of your life. And, and they say yes like that. Half the time, you're not even doing proposals for those guys. They're saying, when can you start? Great. Thursday works for me, right? So uh, it's, it's that kind of thing. So the trusted relationship piece is paramount. Um, instead of thinking you're trying to sell a product, and that's how we're all trained. I mean, that's how our compensation plans are, are put together. Empty the warehouse. You got that territory, go spill it over there. Uh, whatever it is, it, the bench of people, services, we're paid to sell something. But it's funny, it's almost like the game of golf. The harder you swing, you don't necessarily go further straight. I know the way I play golf, I'm on the wrong fairway when I do that. So th the best way to, to do this is to not think about selling. Think about being a salesperson as a business doctor. Diagnose the needs of the customer. What do you have that would help some of the issues? And don't stop there. Keep looking for other things that might add to the overall solution for the pain of the customer. So, yeah. so those, the relationship, thinking about uh, business pain through the, the lens of the customer, those are two fabulous behaviors. And then I, another one, I mean, yes, persistence. Like we have to be, we could lose a game, win the series. We could lose a series and, and win, the, win the series next year. So having that tenacity, that, that just raw, passionate persistence that each day is a new game. And that's the beauty of sales. We've got, we've got 365 games to play in a year and, and we can keep doing it. So if you bring persistence, passion, some confidence, keep yourself organized, have trusted relationships, you do those five or so things, you'll, you'll be on the sales Olympic team for, for the United States of America. Absolutely. Well, well said, my friend. I can go on and on. There's so much I love what you said there. and Relationships. I always say business, people do business, people they like, people that they trust, people that they value. You mentioned trust. Trust to me is all around. When, someone's, when someone says, I trust the insult. When I, when I would say that to somebody, I'd say that, mean, that means it's your integrity. That means they're speaking to your character and to your abilities. I mean, that's pretty big. That's for somebody. Take, take that get a different level of value. Don't just take those words for granted. I love what you're talking about, that business doctoring uh, scenario about prescription. I had a, I had a uh, prospect after drilling me with questions for 45 minutes to an hour, looks at me and says, well, I'd love to have you you know, get us a proposal. Why can't you give us a proposal? I said, we're nowhere near ready for a proposal. I said, you've been doing all the questioning of me I haven't had a chance to ask you a single question. I, I said, so if you want me to product dump you, if you want me to just throw something up against the wall, keep a six, guess what? I don't do that. Yeah. I don't do that. And somebody just said, no, no, he asked for the proposal. I got to deliver the proposal. You're not ready for the proposal. 
You haven't even asked any questions that you said. Always be qualified. Heck, I didn't even get a chance to ask a question. I just want to answer <laughs> your questions. How do you expect me to give you a proposal? What the hell good is that? In the seven deadly sins, Leo, sin number four is the premature proposal trap. Totally. And good for you for not stepping in that puddle. You, you drove oh, right God. Said, I got to qualify you before I'm going to spend any time proposing to you. I got to find out what your pain is, what you need, how many people, when you need it. Why are you doing this? I, yeah, what are the, it, there's a whole lot that has to happen first. Yeah. Totally. Hey, yeah, let's let's finish on some fun. You, you see behind me here, you know, I launched uh, uh, Capstone Work in my career. It really is oriented towards the business of selling or leaders, uh, people. It doesn't matter walk of life. When I think about some of the people that I've worked with, even from the sales profession that shows that pathway, that, that, that shows that lane for themselves. I don't care what you're representing. It doesn't matter. But there's a certain point. You remember when you rewind your 40 years, when you started the first few years survival and then a little security, you got a little bit good, started making a few bucks, then success. You'd be, hey, number one in Apple in the world. Congratulations. And all of a sudden where you're at today is committed to making a difference and helping people to do this profession properly, to do it correctly. So a lot of my principles when I talk about living life with significance now. Make sure, I don't care what you're selling, that maybe there's a way for you to make a difference in someone's life or their business, whatever. Have a feeling of not having any regrets. So you know that I could put my head on my pillow at night. And I gave it my best shot. That there's a feeling up there in terms of um, having authentic appreciation and gratitude for what gifts we have been given that have been earned. Having perspective. Right, having a stewardship. Uh, how can we give back more based on our success around around issues of abundance? And then, how do we become the best version of ourselves in this lane that we've chosen? Right, because the game is not changed. The game is the right. game yeah. to do this. And how can we, in essence, live our legacy to to be the utmost in our profession? So I'm I'm having some fun with this. Here, here's the question for you. I want to pick a question and have some fun. It says, well, it's, it's out of the living your legacy. So let's say you're talking to some sales professional, you're coaching, you're mentoring them. Is there anything that they could do to be truly transformative? How, how would that apply, do you think, to a sales profession? That question. So, so, so the notion of transform is going from one, some platform, something to something else. Correct. Right. Yes. So to be transformed means you've got to be uh, willing to learn and change. So some people give that lip service. I've had, we probably both had some people in, you know, the 17,000 I've trained in all these years, Leo, there's always someone at the beginning of day two, day one of the training program. He's got like the Wall Street Journal on one side and my training book on the other. And within five minutes, it's going to determine which one of those he's going to read today. <laughs> Yeah, there's some people that don't like change because there's some risk involved. You may not be, you think you're good at what you already do by doing it a certain way, granted. But are we all are we all saying there's no room for improvement? Of course, there's always room for improvement with what I do every day, with what you do every day. So no one should should stop learning. So uh, to be transformed, you've got to be transformable. I would put that back on the person. And there's lots of places to drink Kool-Aid. I'm not suggesting who's Kool-Aid better than someone else's. 
There's lots of sources for that. But if you don't come to the table thirsty, no Kool-Aid will help you. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. Hey, Ian, you are an absolute gift to the profession. You are, you, are one of those, you are one of those folks I would put on really high bar. People, people want to learn from someone who truly lives their values, has such a high standard, and is committed to absolute excellence in helping people to be the best version of themselves. That, my friend, is you, Ian Selby. I thank you so much for your time. I'm so looking forward when our, when our paths will cross in the same lane somewhere in British Columbia or in the United States or other parts of Canada. I wish you the best, and I just can't thank you enough for your friendship, your support, and all the great work you're doing to help other people to take their game to another level. Thank you so much. Thank you, Leo. been my absolute pleasure. I value our friendship, and you're making a huge dent in the sales universe. I know that, and I hope you do too. Thanks, my friend. Thank you very much. Thank you.